Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. Do you want the receipt? Yeah. And I was like, of course not. Do you want this scroll like Why would I want this paper trail of this? I'm not going to deduct this from taxes. No, I'm not like Jerry Springer. who Remember when he wrote the check to a prostitute when he was the mayor of Cincinnati? Oh, my God. He did. So he got caught, right? Yeah, he wrote a check to a prostitute. What was the memo on the check? Whores? You didn't fuck around, just like horse. We, we, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan horse. The fifth column. Greetings. <laughs> and welcome to another exciting installment of the Fifth Column Podcast. This is your almost weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle, the people that make it, occasionally ourselves. I'm Camille Foster, a place called Freethink. There is a bottle on the table that is wide open of Jefferson Reserve straight bourbon whiskey provided nice. by a listener. Pretty and good. Uh, it's Pretty nearly good. empty. Good. We are already underway. Um, I am joined is a here. first making business. Yeah. It, it certainly is. <laughs> I'm joined by Matt Welch, editor at large of Reason Magazine. Yes, he's great. My man, oh, he's great. My, my nigga, as it were. Oh, my God. Michael Moynihan is hey. also in the building. He uh, does various things, advice for this thing, this HBO show that they have there. It's very good. Uh, our friend Anthony Fisher has the gamer headset on. He's out there someplace. Uh, it's good. Yeah, that's good. A whoop. We actually got a whoop out yeah, of Anthony a Fisher. Whoop or a whoop? We're, we're appropriating everything today. That's good. Let's yes. get appropriation. Is Early the word 90s of the day. appropriation That's right great. there. That's what that was. Uh, Dan Beer is our producer and has done some work related to this, but not enough, Dan. Your job is in jeopardy. Um, gentlemen, how the hell are you? It's wonderful to be together. Okay. Yeah. Today. We haven't been together in a while. Right? We haven't been together in it's a while. Like, yeah, no, it's like we went to India and met the Maharishi and we came back. We're doing solo projects for a little <laughs> yeah. bit. And now, now we're, you know, back we're in the same. Yeah. We're going to record. We're going to get on the rooftop of Abbey Road Studios and yeah. play to a throng of, you know, jagged the, tooth British people. For, right the, now. for the last time. For the last yeah. time. Like, for the last, for the last well, time. Just like. Yes, <laughs> looking daggers. I'm gonna look like uh, Ringo. Yeah, and yeah. Ringo was wearing his wife's coat in that—a red, a red uh, raincoat. Well, I, well, if any of us could actually just grow those sideburns, there, so <laughs> that was a great that. period yeah. for for Ringo. And by the way, we had mentioned. Um, we were talking before. We were saying lots of bad things about one particular uh, cable network, Fox News. And um, <laughs> so uh, it reminds me of, of the one person there that um, I used to periodically have breakfast with in um, D.C. named James Rosen. Hmm, yeah. Uh, he was a White House correspondent, and, and he wrote a book about, uh, about John Mitchell, uh, Nixon's AG. But he's also a Beatles fanatic, so much so That's that he right. named his children, I think, John Paul and George. I think he, he, he had three boys. Huh. And I think Ringo is getting the short shrift on that one but he's a Beatles obsessive and there was a time where he was telling me he was planning on writing a book about the song A Day in the Life a full book about the the song. I could see that. That's how obsessed. I mean, a lot of people don't read books, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. you, you, know what's, you, you know what's strange? I haven't actually introduced no. you. No. And today you're the Roberta Flack to my Donny Hathaway, and <laughs> wow. that's gonna that makes me very killing happy. me softly. I, I love Donny Hathaway. Uh, yeah. He's a remarkable artist. Amazing. It's Ben Dreyfus. He's a senior editor, vice president of, of <laughs> personal president. HR, adjudicating <laughs> all allegations of sexual misconduct at a place called Mother Jones. Yeah. It's wonderful to have you, you with you. us. Wonderful to have you. Thank you for coming. 
Thank you for having me. This whiskey is fantastic. It's Thank great. you. Thank, Thank you. The first bottle. We'll see about the second. We'll the get, get our guests a little drunk. And, and, I should, and I should say that the whiskey is one of three bottles that was sent for to us by a, a friend of the show. And I can call him that because he has on multiple occasions sent things. He is at LibTwitArmy on Twitter. Again, I don't know if the Lib is for liberal or libertarian. Doesn't matter. Might be... Might be I think we something can else. I don't know if Twitter is Twitter or Twitter. I think it might be librarian. It might yeah. be librarian. I, I've seen I've this seen some fine. tweets that indicate there might be some library arts. I don't know. I don't wow. care. Sounds, sounds, like, a, sounds yes. like a liberal. Sounds Continue like a, to send us like free things. He also suggested that there was Philip money Larkin. in this yeah. package for you. It was a lie. So oh my God! There is no money, and, or I stole. Well, yeah, sounds, like a, sounds pe- like a conservative. And if people, <laughs> <laughs> and if people don't know, haven't heard uh, previous, uh, I guess the word would be blegs. You remember bleg? Yeah, remember that word. That was a I was a blog. Blog. Ask was a, a question. Blog. Yeah, or you would or ask, ask for, for assistance. Oh. And I and at one at one point, people were sending us, um, you know, a clip of like seventy eight bottles of booze a week. And I was undergoing some significant <laughs> liver failure and cirrhosis. And I said, hey, can someone uh, just send me money next time? And I was just screwing around. And somebody sent me money. That's and true. I realized that these, I guess that's what a Patreon accounts that people right, I mean, use these things. You just ask for things and people give you things. It's amazing. I mean, it's one of the most like shocking things is that there's people on, because on, of Venmo, just on mm. Twitter with mm. random Venmo, Venmo send me out for drinks tonight. I'm yeah. lonely. And like Venmo, oh, blah, 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 blah. Me I always night. thought that was for sex. Right. I mean, I think it probably is. Okay. But <laughs> because that's think. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done it. I wouldn't do that. But it, but it always None ends of us sex. Would do that. Yeah. So many people in the studio are winking wildly yeah. right now. None of us would do that. Many of us have done that. Um, there there were so many things throughout the course of the week that I thought about talking about with you guys. Um, one is that on Sunday. I'm going to be a dad. Like Sunday morning, my wife wow. is supposed to, to have this baby. So that'll be exciting. So this might be my last day for the year. It's unlikely. We have some stuff in reserve. So we'll be releasing an episode C-section? that I recorded with. Yeah, with John oh, McWhorter. And C-section. Yeah, oh, yeah, the John McWhorter, yeah. Yeah, so I did a conversation with John McWhorter. We talked for like an hour and a half. It's super fun and wonderful. And John is someone who I've liked for a very long time and agree with on great many things and disagree with on a great many things. Also recorded something with um, uh, Henry Louis Gates again, Skip Gates. Oh, earlier I didn't this week, that happened. Yeah, the, from um, the beer summit. Yeah, so it was, it was earlier this week. It was only like fifteen odd minutes. So Camille was trying to get into his house. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll append that to the end of this episode, but I'm not. I'm not sure yet. Um, we will talk about it later. Um, there's but to be clear, of, Ben is trying out for your job here because like, you're going to be on. Great, we like you're going to be there raising your child. I mean, Ben's not black either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is good. Look, I, am, I am Jewish, all right. Yeah. No, yeah. see, you have to be yeah. racially agnostic yeah. to fill in for me. Um, According to in, the Nazis on Twitter, I am not white. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank your lucky stars for that, buddy. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm glad that we're all together again. Um I will say that I had a weird thought on the train. Um okay. that at some point in the future they might develop a technology and they that they could use to look at all of the tweets you sent from your device and messages and stuff. Like just regardless of whether or not it's been deleted mm-hmm. and 100, 200, 5000 years from now, like archaeologists could be doing stuff like that. And well, they would know what you are said. Are you stoned? And that's weird. Yeah. You mean is they're going to log number, on Number to one is called the NSA. <laughs> <laughs> number two, I think you're Maybe. High. Maybe. Yeah. 
But I don't know. At any rate, there's important stuff that's happening. Wait a this second. Week. What was Wait. that? I'm I mean, sorry. I, mean I, I do think that's this does sound thought. like you're stoned. But also, that it is <laughs> the way that the internet and the way the, the way it's changing historiography is fascinating, right? Like that the people 150 million fucking years from now will be able to look back and find all these primary sources of all of us it's saying weird. all this stuff. It's weird yeah. because they have like private correspondence right. from people. It like, is that's fascinating. Strange. Can you imagine if they uncovered Moynihan's phone? Like a thousand years oh from now, God. he will have a progeny. They mm. will be here and they will have to live with the reality of whatever the hell he has been messing with. Like, I, I hope that whoever, whoever finds that phone, <laughs> let's say it's 2090 in like, a, you know, Hamburg or something, yeah. that they have an art exhibit of all the dick pics that they 20, find. 2090 it. isn't yeah. that far off. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 2090. I there's there's might... listeners who are still going to be alive there. No, I know. Dear just... listener, please go to Hamburg in 2090 and just burn it. Yeah. That, that, was, maybe... my shitty, that was my shitty version of a promo for, uh, for Finding Your Roots. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Henry Lewis Gates. Gates' uh, yeah. show about genealogy and ancestry. I, I hate shit. But one of, the, one of the interesting things about this, and I've seen this um, with a couple of writers, and uh, I saw it recently, an article about Ian McEwan, one of my favorite novelists, the British novelist, whose latest book, Nutshell, you should read, is very good. But he sold his papers to University of Texas. That was the Harry Reasoner School. They always sell them to that. And, um, you know, all of his correspondence in the past 20 years are emails. So you get you have to go to you can't get it online. You have to go to Texas and get on a computer and look through his emails. And I don't know if he gets to to fish through them and take certain ones out. But <laughs> I mean, this is how one does like books of letters now. You know, in some sense it's easier because you have you'll have both correspondences in, in and one email. Searchable. And it's searchable, et cetera. But you know, these old books, you know, the you know, this doorstop of like Saul Bellow's letters and something. The same thing is true of, you know, Philip Larkin's letters. And we were just talking about librarians. That's why he was in the Abelard and Eloise over in the over in the corner holding the door open. <laughs> yeah, I mean but and now it's and now it's like you have a bunch of emails. And I saw this of, of uh, a friend of mine um, who was trying to they were trying to do this with his his letters and uh, they couldn't get uh, couldn't get into his emails. Honestly, you know, so like, I mean, like couldn't I mean, couldn't or? couldn't you know, didn't have passwords and things like that. And I think a lot of them were on AOL and it wasn't clear <laughs> if they actually still existed. So there was before the cloud and all that stuff just disappeared. So What's happened? There was a bunch that that's the that is exactly the library, actually, where. Uh, unless I'm wrong, which someone on the internet will probably point out, where, what's his name, who wrote Catcher in the Rye, J.D. Salinger, had his letters where Ian, uh, set Ian, uh, Ian Fleming? I'm going to forget his name, wrote a book called In Search of J.D. Salinger in yeah. the 80s, and went and found them and saw all these letters and uncovered the truth of yes. J.D. Salinger, and then was writing this book, and then J.D. Salinger sued him yes, to stop right. it, and but to do the lawsuit had to put the letters into court, making them public documents. But then J.D. Salinger, I mean, not J.D. Ian, whoever his name is, his name I'm blanking on right now, Ian Hamilton, couldn't use the letters in the story, but then had to make the book about the court case. Uh, about the court case. Yeah. And it's a fascinating book called In Search of J.D. Salinger. Yeah. That's huh. that, I, I, and I just read Janet Malcolm's book about court cases and weird journalism. If you haven't, if you haven't read that, by the way, huh. the journalist and the murderer, I think it's called. I, very, was, I wasn't very sure how Double That's a very good title. I wasn't sure how, title. Wasn't sure how 007 would have fit into that, but yeah. I thought you were talking <laughs> yeah, about Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. <laughs> so, at any rate, uh, there's well, important well, stuff <laughs> happening in the world. <laughs> you, do, I was just. Do you want to throw something in there? No, I just wanted to keep this going. He like Matt is a fan of the discursive nature of the first. I think we should. I think we should embrace the discursiveness. I just want to say that there are a lot of things happening in the world. 
this GOP Senate tax reform craziness, which I don't even want to talk about. Yes. I'm yeah, I don't yeah, give too shit. late. You just brought it yeah. up. Okay. Yeah. All right. There's sex scandals galore. Oh, so many sex scandals. So many. I would say there are scandals. So many. Some of them are sexy. And many some people are saying, um, yeah, yeah. none of them are sexy. Yeah. I am not interested in video of any of these sex scandals. You don't want to have the, many. the lock button on your desk? I don't, you know, a lock okay. button isn't necessarily nefarious. Right, no, I'll go with that. So The thing is this, the lock button, the lock, I also evolved on the lock button thing. Good. <laughs> the lock, the lock yeah. button which, is, which, it is not. Which, we heard is, about for the first time like 13 hours ago. It is go not locking them in. It's just an auto lock and it's just closing the door. Yeah. Look, there's a lot of reasons why you could need that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can get into this more well, Wasn't there a woman that had to go to the hospital that was in the... In the I, she, uh, you know, she was kind of passed out after... No, no, I'm not defending any of this behavior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, and again, we're talking about, we're talking about Matt Lauer here. Yeah. Um, Today's show host. Today's show host. And Absolutely by the way... Certainly the highest paid if, if, like, if, newsman. If I could jump in, I had a couple of NBC sources today tell oh. me that uh, the lock buttons were not uncommon at NBC and yeah. that they didn't lock you in. That you, yes. you, you, you could leave. Why oh. ruin a good story, though? I, the thing about Lauer is the same thing about Charlie Rose. I mean, I had heard these stories about both of these people for a rather long time. Um, so that this, the Lauer thing, it was, brag. wait, no, <laughs> no, it means I'm a complete pervert. And I'm asking, like, do you have any information on this guy that I watch every morning? Does he, is he lock people in his office in Sochi? Um, but yeah, this, that there's, I can't, I mean, he's doing the thing where he, he acknowledged some of it. And then the headlines, and you know, he apologizes for it. But the, the apology was slightly nuanced. Is that is that fair to say? I mean, because he said, you know, okay, I I was ill behaved sometimes, and that was kind of the culture. That yeah, seems to be says, the argument. But the then it covers all sins. Yeah, and but then some of the stuff that I've been accused of isn't true. That stuff seems to get he, buried. He did. In it. He did say that. And and I mean, one one is not surprised that you would say something like that. Um, the, the initial reports, it was Variety, I guess, that had the exclusive in the beginning uh, with respect to this story. And the Times had been reporting this out for some time. Yeah. Now. yeah. yeah. And the, but the initial reports suggested that, well, there was a woman, an affair that had started in Sochi. NBC had said uh, that they had no indication of what was happening in this. And I mean, the first story there's stuff in there, but it also includes some filler material about him making fun of someone who has a cold sore. That's Wednesday. By Thursday today, when we're recording, um, the news is that there are multiple people who have now come forward with allegations, one of which suggests that she was caught, beckoned to the office for sex, that when she got there, he locked the door and that she regained consciousness on the floor of his office with her panties down and eventually had to be taken to get medical care afterwards. Okay, so my right. question here, and I, you know, sorry to be not skeptical of this, but ask questions is what one would hope journalists would do, is that is her claim that she came into his office and he drugged her? Because if that is, I don't, I don't, I don't, no, I don't think that's that. the I mean, my so reason that wasn't that. Okay, but I saw the headline. Now, granted, it was probably in the Daily Mail. The headline of it, you know, she comes in, she's unconscious, and she has to be like medevac. I think out. she she what is the she claim? becomes unconscious during the sexual yeah. encounter, which sounds How? as though it was a coerced encounter. She it doesn't seem to it know. Sounded, it I mean, it's my not reading disclosed. of that, and I might have misread it. Obviously, uh -huh. is that it, it? It wasn't drugs that she had. It was it, rough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. that it was that it was. She passed out. It also yeah. it also sounds oh. it also sounds um suspiciously like fucking rape, which right. 
is the consistent problem with so many of these things. And quite frankly, with this entire, this histi- this entire, I don't want to, I'm not belittling anything by calling it a panic, but it is most certainly a panic. The there pylon, are, it's called a pylon. The, well, we can, a pylon well, I mean, that, is a bit, actually there's stay a bit away of a from euphemism more. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably but, a bad But there's something to be said for, for lumping together Harvey Weinstein, Louis C.K., everyone, as um, New York Times piece said at one point, like, it's creeps. It's a cast right. of creeps. Shitty um, media no, men. That, well, this, that was also a the horizontal cover, the cover access of the and New York a, Daily News. Yeah, too. there's a horizontal access and there's a vertical access. And Where Roy Moore. I just is... did the gestures wrong. Did you see that? No, yeah, right. There's it's, a vertical access and a horizontal access. Right. And on the vertical access is not everyone. On the horizontal axis, perhaps you can put everyone, but that suggests that in some cases there are people who are racist, criminal, uh, not racist, rapist criminals who should be investigated <laughs> brain. and perhaps also racist, um, but they should be investigated by the police, thrown into jail because they've committed rape. And right. on, the, on the other end of the spectrum are people who have who are weird and awkward and have strange sexual interests and like, say shit that makes you uncomfortable and perhaps don't know how to ask women out on dates. I well, think Glenn that, Thrush, to, well, to like that Joe point, Barton, possibly. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, Joe Barton, I don't think did anything wrong at all. He, he, that's how you get, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, there's that thing from yesterday that, like, about him sending Facebook messages to someone in 2011 that they thought he they were having a nice conversation about politics, and he said, "Hey, by the way, like, you have a great body." And yeah. then, yeah. like, that's, like, I get it, weird, uh, we but used to, he's, we used to, we, he's obviously a... Yeah, we used to just say he has no game. Right. But um, but the thing, uh, this is the conflation of all this stuff. And, I mean, you know, the Garrison Keillor thing the other day, uh-huh. he's been fired. I mean, and, and his... Do we know yet what he did? Well, he, he we the only, the only per, the, yeah, he oh, said oh, that he put his arm... He put his hand on somebody's back no. and it and it drifted up or something. Now, just then, some, some context though. The yeah. Garrison Keeler is the creator of a, a prairie a prairie house. He has no idea companion. who he is. Prairie house. house. A prairie house. I actually prairie home companion. A prairie home companion. I thought he was working for Minnesota Pretty one day. No. Until yesterday. He works for Minnesota Public Radio and he was fired for inappropriate behavior. Um, what's what's but he's not even doing the show anymore? They just t- they're taking yeah. his reruns off. Yeah. They, yeah. they run and the they're stuff. renaming the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I and the movie that no one saw from the, from the nineties is yeah. not going to be seen anymore. It's not going to be seen uh, in the two thousands. I think that two thousand two thousand five. Yeah, but no, I oh think. Oh my that, god! I yeah, it's terrible. That. Yeah. That's the he, worst. He'd also written a column defending uh, a, a column a defending Al Franken, a senator Al Franken. I can't do the impression of him. It 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 drifts into Jimmy Stewart a little too. Yeah, strange. Yeah, I can't. I believe I touched her back. Yeah, well, that's, that was a little that's, bit. And that's no, the original. Six inches up. But like that would be I'm Jimmy Stewart, you know, man. sending it, talking about that right before, knowing right well that he's <laughs> about to come out that he touched her back. Like, you guys are it's obliterating the FBI the story, just having it just being the FBI took me down. Right. So now. could someone could someone explain what happened? Uh, well, let me I'll start this way. I mean, Thank there you. is, and I think it was, uh, you know, Anthony was actually talking before about Masha Gessen. Uh, the uh, writer who writes about Russia quite frequently wrote a piece for The New Yorker about mm-hmm. about this the fear of this turning into a sex panic. And I think there's a I, there's I no fear. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah, I think it's happening. it's absolutely happening. And this this conflation of everything and the Glenn Thrush thing. I mean, this is Ben. Ben drives with us today. Did a great uh, like 852 tweet uh, stream of <laughs> confess your unpopular opinion. I think it was, which is very good. And I, I felt bad because I agreed with all of them. And I was like, oh, I can't agree with that many unpopular opinions. It's a bad ratio. But in that, my unpopular opinion here is one thing about journalism. Why it's a, a rich vein is that every journalist I've ever met in D.C. has some sort of personality disorder. They're all somewhere on the spectrum. <laughs> of course, they absolutely. do not take social 
social cues very well. The Glenn Thrush thing, there's a debate within the New York Times newsroom. Should he be fired? Now, there were a couple of claims in there from a long time ago that he put his hand on someone's thigh. But the main claim, the most recent one, was that he was hanging out with this woman and he walked. This is a very kind of compacted version of the story, and I hope I don't miss any important context. But effectively, he walked her, was walking her home, and he went in for the kiss and she uh, Heismaned him, and he kind of uh, dismissively said, you know, I fuck off and walked away, which seems to be what you should do. That's how that right. works. Right, that's how it yeah, works. I so mean, there's a lot of, like, going in for kisses and being rejected, and I think that in the world of journalism, that ratio is going to be significantly higher than the general population. <laughs> Having met and been around journalists most of my adult life, they don't, they're not very good at these things. So, I mean, they literally can't make eye contact. Like, yeah. I, I've never met... I've ne Thrush, but I imagine, like so many DC journalists, he literally yes. cannot make eye contact. Yeah, I mean, I have one in mind who can, is, I think, is I've seen awkwardly trying to hit on girls, and, it, and Matt is chuckling. Um, and, and, you know, I just, like, I don't know. Like, I don't want that in the same category She's just as somebody who is clearly is a sexual predator, right. like Harvey Weinstein, who is a monstrous I mean, man by, you, by you all accounts. This is actually even within the Weinstein family, right? Because, like, Harvey Weinstein was accused of awful terrible things many awful terrible awful things, terrible right. rape like no consent like like yeah. a trapping bullshit uh, uh, terrible not evil things and then right afterwards his brother once this whole thing started was accused of sexual harassment of yeah. of what we would really call sexual harassment on, on, on like a I don't remember the details, but it was on a movie and like he said something to someone else made them feel uncomfortable this is Bob is, Weinstein right yeah, yeah and like that's bad as well but then you would see headlines on this third day that said the Weinstein brothers <laughs> and like the same. there it's like, <laughs> it's like the Koch brothers of right, sexual like, harassment. You know, it, 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 was, it was really like you could you, you could see that like it was just one of them is accused of of this moral moral sin, like this mortal sin and terrible things. The other brother was accused of, you know, something that made a, oh, made it's, a it's, joke. It's not it was, woke. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, it's problematic. It's something the times are changing and everything's bad, but it's not like. Yeah. He's not a rapist. Yeah. It, no, I mean, I'm worried about the times changing too much. I mean, I, it's, I think it's a good thing in some ways. And in seeing this up close in a, a number of different organizations and newsrooms and people that I know, et cetera, and uh, the panic that is set in, we talk about a sex panic, but the individual panic that I've seen amongst people. Sure. People in, in these are not necessarily people I work with, these people all over the place who say, I'm going through old texts. I'm like worried because I, I like hooked up with this girl one time at a Christmas party, which is a Christmas party now. It's, you know, it's going to look like, a, you know, a square dance in, in Kabul. I mean, no one's going to want to <laughs> touch anyone. We're going to sit drinking, you know, the apple juice in the corner, lest we offend anyone. But there is a real fear because there's no statute of limitations on this stuff anymore. It's like, you know, in 1975 on the set of Panic in Needle Park, uh, you know, the gaffer, I think it's just this, it's gone back so far. It used to be, well, they're going to do a story about the organization, but that was the old organization of people that don't work here anymore and it's now gone. Uh, that doesn't count anymore. And but it's I mean, a real, and I'm not saying that, that one can't, you know, uh, sort of mine that stuff and create a composite of what the culture was like, how it changed, et cetera. But I do worry that of this flattening of everything. 
everything being essentially the same. And I saw that New York Daily News cover in which, you know, the the um, guy who's the, uh, the gymnast uh, coach or yeah. trainer yeah. who's a filthy, well, vile, arguably rapist. Who worse should be... than Weinstein. I mean, yeah, he's no, so I mean, I mean he's in vile hell in hell forever. Put a bullet in the nape of his neck and get it over with mm-hmm. next to somebody who made a blue joke. I just I don't I don't I, I think it's incumbent upon the people who are laying out those covers to say, hey, should we really put these people all in the well, same thing? I all monsters? Go on. I, can I say, like, I, I think that this is actually I 100 percent agree with this. And I think that also it's a problem for the media, like of how the media handles it. It's uh-huh. not, I don't think, really a problem for I don't. I think it's silly to assume that women are making this mistake. Yeah, no, I, like, I agree. Women I, I think are that's conflating true. those as the same thing. I, yeah, I, think I, I, totally I think agree. that's true. Totally how the media handles it. It's like, yeah. And it creates right. and it creates a problem for people who are legitimate victims right. of sexual assault and I suppose sexual misconduct, although this phrase is just weird to me. Right. But but for legitimate victims of sexual assault, for all of these things to be grouped together does, in fact, necessarily downgrade the most severe circumstances 100%. by commingling them with these other circumstances. And of course, for the accused, there is a similar problem that is yeah. transpiring where we are moving to where people are aggressively asserting that we should move to a position, a disposition of believe all women. There's a that is a bizarre, but that's also, standard but also like I don't think legal... that women actually mean it like that. Like I think what they mean is that they're some, changing. Some do. Okay, but but, but I think that, oh, there's always some people who believe this. But I think like that that statement that that is you know believe all women doesn't mean believe all women regardless of the situation. Then I means suspect change, we should stop saying that. But it means it means change the assumptions. I'm, I'm it, my it, it means to change the assumptions about like whether you're going to believe the man or believe the woman i think the problem is is the the phrase and there are people actually do believe this is that the 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 charge is enough and and you know one thinks believe all women and don't don't look for evidence no well Well, they say believe all women women because the evidence is actually hard to find until it's my friend or until it's a civil rights icon if someone shows their passport that they were actually in you know canada that month there's people going, all right, well, sure. Well, Jane had yeah, Once it's investigated, sure. but but interestingly, whether, and it's different for various people in de- various contexts, but if you're on campus and if you are on the Duke lacrosse team right. and there is a false allegation, that false allegation is forever. Yeah, but right. It yeah, is forever. I, I, it disrupts I, 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 I your totally life. I totally agree 100% with that, but those myself. kids do have a fine life now, presumably. I, well, um, maybe. Not, not if they someone Googles them. We don't yeah, even know their names. No one can Google they, them. No, yeah, actually, yeah. you can, but you can find their names. And if you oh. know their names and you Google them, you find the Duke lacrosse case. But, but right. here's I, agree, I, say I, one, I definitely do agree with you. Sure, one one, one quick thing on Believe All Women. It's it's The phrase is wrong, and I tend to believe that people actually do take that as, you know, you know, an admonition. Believe All Women. Because especially when I see a couple of things like the hashtags like men are trash, which I'm seeing increasingly. And I've seen from from people I respect and I know recently. But what I think what it should be said is the old problem was automatically disbelieving a right. woman's thing. That is don't automatically disbelieve women is what is what I think it, how it should be phrased. Overcompensating. Right. Yeah. And again, and, and, and obviously it's not a very compact phrase that you can make into a hashtag and it's, it's pretty easily digestible, but you know, believe all women, there was a Washington post um, headline, which I had tweeted about at the time, I think about a year ago and they ultimately changed it. And it was like, uh, no matter what, it was something to that effect. No matter what we should believe uh, women's claims or women's accusations. 
I, I, that bothers me, obviously. And I, I don't, I, I think we're seeing it in some ways too. We don't have to just say, do people believe this? Or is it just kind of a shorthand? We see it a lot with um, a lot of these allegations where I think that numbers are enough. That's the thing that I, I've noticed recently. Right. So, well, four. Well, here's the thing. If, you know, Matt, you you work for Reason, Ben, you're at Mother Jones. It's a pretty small staff in both. If nine people at Mother Jones say Ben Dreyfus is uh, X, Y, or Z, I'm going to say there's probably a, a lot right. of fire where that smoke is. If you are really famous and there's 330 million people in the country and you, there's a lot of this, people just say, believe you're going to get on TV, you're going to talk about it. It doesn't mean that there are women that don't have legitimate claims, but I think that the five to 330 million when you're a really, really famous person versus five to the staff of 10 is is substantially different. Right. But like, so I don't want and when I see things like the satanic panics of the 90s, sort of, you know, this kind of McCarthyism where just the charge of communism means you are one. I think that I still want courts to exist just because Twitter is going to replace right. them and say we have enough people <laughs> I mean, now I that it's it's real. I totally agree 100 percent that like you know thank god for courts that are dealing with it and also i mean twitter is turning into the oxbow incident and you know <laughs> like like the, the dumbest moral panic in american history is, yeah. is that is yeah. the satanism in the 80s that yep. they were all trying to like fuck kids at preschools yeah but having said that, a lot of those communists were communists. That's true, actually. Wow. All, I love the fact that Ben like, Dreyfus uh, like, is more right wing than I am. A lot of them were communists. Yeah. But like, yeah. The, but they all right, were, David Horowitz. You know. I mean, look, look, we wouldn't want people who were. supported ISIS writing sitcoms for CBS. But yeah, anyways, yeah. that I mean, is discrimination. Kinda, but, by the way, like, if they're funny, write them. But, but like, but, but like I will say that, like, I, I just think that that in reality, we're going to push Ben off a building. Oh my god! I did. <laughs> they do it, not me. Just, I'm not the problem here. ISIS is the fucking problem. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I ISIS just, is the problem. I just like don't think that it's it's real that like Real's that that, that like I don't think that there are places like we can see this in the, what happened with the Washington Post recently when Ver, Project Veritas oh, or God. what he originally probably called Truth Project yes, or finding should, a Latin dictionary. We should, we should like, go there. Like we go there. before that, good. like he say like like James O'Keefe, a uh, uh, very unfuckable dickhead <laughs> like that that like, is sexist uh, sir yeah. the unfuckable james o'keefe like <laughs> apparently sent someone this to sounds go like a superpower <laughs> so he, he looks and this is actually true he looks like a bad guy in an 80's movie right like that he's in like he the looks karate like the kid person who didn't get that, cast that in that style? movie because they weren't attractive enough for yes. it Thank you. oh my god they, like they were like you have a voice for radio and I love your talent I love your talent <laughs> he became a screenwriter in the 80's like <laughs> But like he sent someone to go to the Washington Post to pretend that that Roy Moore had impregnated her right. when she was eighteen or seventeen or sixteen right, or twelve, right? Or right. 15, I think with with the hope with the hope of proving that the Post was willing to take accept any salacious right. story and with they minimal background checking. And then they, they 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 Googled it, they, the, the person and said, no. "Seems like you work for this place called Project <laughs> Truth that, that has a you have a Twitter yeah. banner saying I'm yeah. trying to fuck the Washington Post or something." Not exactly which, Kim Philby here, which, right. which, exactly. which interestingly interestingly creates the perception that the Post does a very serious thorough job when they're uh, doing their background checking. But, but instead they, they do. They, right. they may and in fact, do. They really no, look, do. I guess wait, that, wait a minute. They may. Was, they may. But in this particular case, we have. And actually prove they that did. we've proved that they use Google. 
No, because in this Project case, no, Veritas. No. no, no, I'm just saying in this case that is all we prove. Well, they, no, they, they, looked they, they had at, they a second story that came out today right. that was pretty good. Okay, uh, that like got into her history of going to every post, like uh, you know, going away party for a staffer, like going here and presenting herself as this, presenting herself as that. They, I, I mean, finally when she changed her name to Kofefe2 at gmail.com right. on yeah. some social media. Yeah. I mean, guys, we are all journalists. Some good stuff yeah. here. Like the most ridiculous thing about James on James O'Keefe's thing. Is that he doesn't understand how journalism works? No. Did you see how he's it's now James Unkeefe? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like yeah. James <laughs> Unfuckable yeah. O'Keefe. Yeah. 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 James UFO. Well, here's here's the like, thing about the journalism part of it, and I'm gonna uh, step on your face here for a second. Please. Is Uh-oh. that is that and, and the Washington Post is part of this. Um, this all should be great kind of media literacy training because the original. Uh, Ronan Farrow uh, story, which weirdly didn't uh, show up at NBC, but in the New Yorker, the New York Times story on Weinstein, the uh, uh, Washington Post story on Roy Moore in particular. I mean, they're showing their math. They're like we right. interviewed the these people. We got them on the record. They didn't want to go on the record. We interviewed these like 15 people here. And we also interviewed these 12 people who said nothing happened. Right. You know, they're really showing their math. There was a Washington Post story this week on uh, Joe Barton, James Barton. I've already forgotten. Joe Barton. Too, Joe Barton. too many Bartons. Um that was the opposite of that. It was a crap story that they tried to salaciously right. say that um, uh, he threatened, you know, this this woman with retaliation uh, for showing uh, the, uh, you know, a, a, a sex taper or a video of himself. Um, they really tried to make it seem like he was the bad guy. He was the victim of what seemed to be uh, what's, what's the extortion, revenge porn, yeah. revenge porn. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean that 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 Wapo story is. is but what what was great about that moment is that from the moment that that came out, and they were you know the Washington Post reporters who were doing this had been teasing it out on Twitter, like you know stay tuned here, <laughs> get the little toy cannon out, get get Ben Wittes all uh, all hot and bothered. We're we're gonna drop a big one. Can we came talk about out that in a sec? And uh, yeah, and uh, and. They got slammed all over slammed. media liter- literate Twitter saying that's not really a good story. You got the wrong take. Uh, I'm not really even sure why you're talking about this to some degree because uh, a totally um, bipartisan consensus on this right. too. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't was a political ridiculous. thing. It was it ridiculous. Was, and I think that really if you, you know angry. Glenn Thrush is going to get fired for an accusation that he tried to kiss someone, and I, again. I don't know if there's more to it than that, but what I, but I remember of this is him trying to kiss somebody and, you know. At getting, another getting, time getting, in the past. Yeah, another... the, 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 you know, I guess there was a couple times when he did this. Um, and he says, I'm a drunk. I mean, can we not also um, consider firing journalists for publishing stories like this? Because, I mean, I think right. I think that's an unbelievable malpractice. And in fairness to, um, you know, the sort of this, this idea that the elite coastal journalists who, you know, all conspire together, the elite coastal journalists got on this journalist pretty hard and he he had right. no answer for it. And I thought, I said, God, there must be something else here. And I read the Barnes. I, I actually felt bad for the guy. Yeah, sure. And it does right. violate laws both I mean, in Texas and D.C. I obviously don't like Joe Barton. Like, like, obviously, I think that Joe Barton is, 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 is a fucking idiot. Yeah. But like, he's obviously the victim of revenge porn in this situation. And that story is framed and they granted anonymity to the person who did it. Yeah, exactly. And she confesses to the fact that it was consensual when it happened. There is no, it's not like he was sending a dick pic to a random, it's not a wiener situation. It's that it was a consensual thing. And then he was worried about her sharing them, which then she did. Yeah. And like, <laughs> if anything, it's made me think that, well, he's, you know, 
smart. This yeah. this this person, I'm pretty sure I disagree with on all the politics. He was smart enough to know that she was about to do that. And the anonymity issue is a pretty important one, especially when it comes to to claims of sexual harassment or sexual violence, because you you we still have anonymity with the woman who made up the story for U, the UVA story at, at Rolling Stone. She was never, ever exposed except for that, you know, sociopathic white nationalist Charles Johnson is in there. Charles Johnson, that guy. The little, He's one of them. The little, yeah, one. Of, yeah. Well, he was the one who I think exposed her name. And if you really wanted to look for it, you could, uh, you could, you know, probably find it on his his scummy little website. On but, his scat videos. But it's, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's not revenge porn. That's just awesome. Um, <laughs> if you don't know who we're talking about, you could read a fantastic profile about it on motherjones.com. Oh, who wrote oh the profile? Boy. Tim Murphy. Oh, Tim wow. Murphy. Wrote it. Okay. Tim Murphy wrote a fantastic um, profile about him. So yeah, and, and that's this woman has been granted anonymity, and I guess the the, the argument is that she didn't name. There was nobody named in the piece. There was a fraternity named in the piece. There was a college named in the piece. But you're talking about UVA. Well, UVA, now. and oh. you know the college sued um, Rolling Stone and won. Yeah. And this uh, woman who made up the story, whole cloth. I mean, we know that uh, for a fact now. There's no, despite the fact that people have written about it since and re referred to. You, you know, mean the her, source? The source. Yeah. You know, well, she claimed that she was gang raped to the fraternity and it turned out to be a hoax. And she's remained anonymous. The initial instinct to grant her anonymity, I understand. And she should be granted anonymity right. if it is true. But it is not. And these people, you know, the Duke lacrosse players, their names are out there. I know some of their names. And, you know, it's in that uh, it was Casey Johnson and Stuart Taylor's book. Their names are in there, too, I think. Um, but, you know, those guys have their names out there, et cetera, uh -huh. falsely accused. This woman who makes the false accusations is still being protected. I don't understand why. Yeah, I think the, she should uh, be granted that. The Washington Post, the original story, when they uh, turned the tables on the Project Veritas stunt, they had given that woman anonymity at, at the beginning. No way. And, and just, I mean, did as they? a well, they, they did, but just because she's saying, hey, I, I knew Roy Moore. I can't tell you my name, but, or, you know, please don't use my name. Oh, but, right. yeah. but uh, you know, we had a well, secret love Well, they hadn't done child. any reporting on, well, sure, I mean, on, that, on her situation. Happened. And they, they were, had right. They, they hadn't published it, right, right? Exactly. But once they saw that she was obviously a plant, they're like, "We're going to break the anonymity uh -huh. rule." I hope, I wish you would see a hell of a lot more of that. Sure. Break the anonymity rule when people, people who lie are to misrepresenting you, when you things. know Absolutely. that they lie. Just to encourages people and, to and lie I, more. I think the 100%. reason, the reason why I, I sort of stomped down on the fact that this particular. Project Veritas encounter might give the Washington Post too much of a halo is because there have, over the course of the past 12 months, been some incidents of fairly sloppy reporting where mistakes have been made that I don't know. I'm not sure those mistakes would have been made under different circumstances, that there is, of course, an editorial um, department, an opinion, an opinion vertical and the straight news segment of the paper um, but like the proper knot story, the 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 nuke um, proper knot. What it's know, uh, it's like the one. Russian the Russian, oh, the Russian um, thing, yeah. social media yeah. hackers yeah. who were supposed yeah. to be manipulating the election. Yeah. Isn't that and, Slate? No, this was the Washington Post. Didn't the they Washington do the, like, Post the also had the story. Like nuke story. Slate. Everyone, there everyone. Slate there was a lot of people running with that EMP nuke story. But Washington Post also had that story about the nuclear power plant that apparently that they reportedly the Russians had penetrated but instead it was actually someone who had a laptop 
in a power well, the plant sli- and the, and the, with code and, on it that they brought in with them. Sure, and it's in the and it's all in the same theme too. And the slight to- story that I think that Ben yeah. is talking about was Frank Four's story right. uh, yeah. about these servers oh, communicating right. the server story, d- communicating yeah, with Russian the banks, bank, the Russian bank story. And there was a, a moment, of course, where everyone said and people were just salivating and said, "We can get rid of this guy so quickly, and it's going to be this Russia story. Right. That's the silver bullet that will get rid of Donald Trump." And yeah, and to Camille's point, I think it's right. Is that the editorial standards got a bit? I mean, la- sloppy. So wait, can Absolutely. we all just admit that, like, the the, the problem with Project Truth, Project Veritas? Oh yeah, I'm, separa- that, like, I'm separating the two things. No, I'm saying like, that there are there are bespeak something. It does bespeak an approach uh-huh. to the media that, like, that they that he thinks, and you can see it in this later video where he talks to the Wapo reporter who's covering Russia, where he's trying to get him to admit that you're going to get Trump. That like. Frank Four and and none of them none of them are approaching these stories like that. Yeah, they're literally not trying to like get Trump in the same way. Like David Corn at Mother Jones was the first person to publish the like thing about the uh, the uh, Chris Steele. Yeah, whatever the fuck we're gonna call it now. The, the Steele dossier. dossier. The dossier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be clear, David Corn's trying to get Trump. But that's, but that's fine. But <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, I mean, I mean, but none of us. I hope he does. He's, he's, an, opinion, he's never, an opinion writer. But like people yeah. are writing stories and then they're trying to find stories that do what they do. But they're not trying to like, you know, they're not, they're, they're I, not, they're not, they're not democratic activists. I don't, I don't know about that. I think and there's the, something, there's yeah, something okay. to be said for the, for the, the current, Post. for the current moment. And the fact that in, in journalism, a particular point of view about this administration is dominant. It's it's true if only because of the centers of power for national mainstream journalism. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I don't care. I don't I don't believe in the myth of yeah. objective journalism. There is right. of, 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 of objective journalism. It's some subject. There's some subjectivity there. But I think it's the sloppiness and the unwillingness to accept that there is some sloppiness that is problematic. Like all of course, of Project Veritas. Of course, Project Veritas is different. I I don't really work in a newsroom, but but like we yeah. have, we but all we have. we all like understand like the actual incentives for journalists aren't like I'm going to solve the crime of the century. It's actually I want to have a scoop to make my colleague look like a fuckhead because I did it first <laughs> or I want to have in, the, in I want to have this thing that I'm going to go to Scratcher down in the lower west uh, I think in there the, is some in East Village and fuck this person who works at HuffPo who's going to be so impressed that I'm fucking on the cover of the New York Times today there's some crusading like, for justice that's thing, going thing, on but right the thing now. about that is that very thing also encourages sloppy journalism absolutely I've seen, oh, it, I've seen it recently that's what editors are for yeah and, and sometimes I've seen editors take a back seat a few stories recently that that, that that I was really appalled by. Um, Which one of your stories? <laughs> Literally every, everything I've ever written. Um, you know, trying to, you know, say, we're going to beat this other outlet. We're going to get a scoop before them. We're going to be very, very lazy about it. Um, so, yeah, but at, at the same time, in the past, where there, there used to be these books that were put out by um, MRC, you know, the Media Research yeah. Center, Brent Bozell's little outfit. And in the 1980s, they would put put out these books, like bound actual copies that you'd have to, you couldn't get them in the bookstore, you'd have to mail order them. And they would say, here are all the errors in the New York Times that year. Some of them were actually quite interesting, you know, 25 years. It was, it was a different, I think probably a different organization then. And it was usually stuff about the Cold War and the Sandinistas and about Cuba and the Soviets and all this kind of rosy thing about how great the healthcare was. But now, I mean, all of the stories that Camille mentions, I think that 
there are not that many of them because there is a kind of market incentive not to be that wrong that often. And, you know, I think that's true. And and also that, that this stuff is torn to shreds by people on the left and the right. So, for instance, these these stories about about Russia, um, you know, the the Vermont power plant story that the lead on that was taken by Glenn Greenwald and The Mm -hmm. Intercept. And Mm -hmm. I saw a number of, you know, Trump zombies uh, taking it apart, too. So, I mean, they don't last very long. And there's no incentive for, for somebody in a newsroom to say, put it out there. Whereas I think in, you know, 1976 or something, you could have a story out there that would would exist and actually exist in the public consciousness for 20 years without being debunked and right. easily debunked. And I can think of a bunch of those that where that Love was actually Canal, true. Baby. Love, Love Canal. Canal is a good example of that, actually. <laughs> another another one, I was listening to the BBC the other day and they have this thing called Witness, which is a really good 10 minute segment they do on some bit of history. And they had Alger Hiss on. And they had the one guest was What's Tony. Up, Hugh Hewitt? I know, Hugh Hewitt. Uh, <laughs> one, they had one guest on and it was Tony Hiss talking about his innocence <laughs> and about how the McCarthy, the McCarthyites and the oh, McCarthy- he was a Batman said, by a great father, yeah. yeah so, like, <laughs> so like, he wasn't a Russian spy, or was he? Because I don't think he was. I don't know I don't why. Know, people say t- a lot of things, but it came to me right match. It came to me match every time. It came every time. <laughs> but it's like... Never with, fucked the rain with me mum. That's <laughs> sort of somebody from Sheffield with a I don't know why Aldridge's family yeah. is from Sheffield with a speech development, but Tony yeah. is. I tell you what, me dad was you. a totally nice guy. I, lo- I love this man, yeah? yeah? I love him. So he's also uh, the bass player in Oasis? Yeah, too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the actor in the family, no. by the way. <laughs> the no, journalist in the true. family. It's 100% yeah. true. Yeah. This is but why you're, you're and if I can broach this subject because I got a lot of media attention. Yeah, sure. Your, your brother yeah. talked about this oh, on yeah. the fucking Twitter and got a lot of attention on the fucking what's his name oh, I have a brother I have a great brother he's great he's an actor right Harry my brother my brother my, my my brother's name is Harry and he's fantastic yeah he, he is a uh, writer and an actor and person of all great personal things but he got so into the story I saw really and I thought it was about you I saw the thing oh, uh, that, in, yeah Kevin Spacey about Kevin Spacey yeah. and like had he mentioned that to you over the years did you know about this Okay, so yeah, we. I guess we'll talk about this. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's okay. out there. It's out there. Okay, we'll talk about this. Um. So yeah. So, anyways, I guess I will have to talk to explain this about the business. But yes, he had told you about this. Harry, my father's making a play. Called, Who's your father? My father is an actor named Richard Dreyfus. Uh, and in two thousand and eight, my he was making a play that Kevin directed at the Old Vic the in old Vic. London, and Harry, who was eighteen at the time. Uh, flew out there to spend time with him at, uh, and Kevin groped him and like came on to him and did all these things and Harry I was living in LA trying to be an actor failing and <laughs> Harry called me one night and said like Kevin came on to me and I was you know there was a there was a brother rivalry going on in my life with Harry yeah and I said, bullshit, you're a liar. Why would anyone want to fuck you? Yeah, but, by the way, believe, like, believe all you know, brothers. Right. Like, I, was, I, was like, I was like, look, Harry, like, you know, you're 18 years old, who wants to fuck you? Like, you're fat. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm more attractive than you, Harry. And he was like, uh, and I was like, fine. And I hung up the phone and I said to, like, my girlfriend at the time, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's gay. He's going to fuck me when I go out there for the premiere in a week. And so then I go out to... London two weeks later and I like hit on Kevin 
And you you actively hit on him. So yeah, I went there with a date, and I said to this date, something weird's about to happen. A, d- a date is a man or a woman? A woman. Okay. Woman. Well, I don't know. You're hitting on Kevin Spacey. That's right. a totally no, fair question. I know. It's confusing. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But, so I'm out. I'm Love there wins. with this date, and I was Love like, wins. look, something weird's about to happen. And she was like, what? And I was like, and then I go up to Kevin in the green room and touch and you his just face. grab him, grab him by the. And I said, like, I love your work, and rub my hand down his face. <laughs> no. you're, t- you're like serious. that. And you rubbed he, your hand down Kevin's face. And he grabs my hand and kisses it on the knuckles. <gasps> on the knuckles. And says, "You're really sweet." That's good. And that was it. And then drops it and and walks away. And I went, Jesus, I'm fat. I'm fat. I'm too fat. I'm too fat. I've been gaining weight. I need to go to fucking Equinox more. And then his friend, who's standing right, watches this whole thing happen, comes over to me and she says, you're too old for him. Oh. oh, so what could have been and I a debunking it turned out to be uh, the right. exact opposite. And of I called Harry and I was like, I'm sorry. And then like, the thing is, like that first time when Harry called me, he didn't tell me the details of everything. What he what Harry had originally said to me was was that Kevin felt him up. What he yeah. didn't say was that Harry had like tried to ask him to stop and shit and like. Yeah, it yeah. happened and blah blah blah. But anyways, and the your lesson dad was is, in the room, which is uh, which is uh, uh, heroin. He had his head down. Yeah, no, I mean, More he had his head no, down. No, 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 he I, had I'm his not, head down. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> no, it's, it's a harrowing thing to read because your dad is reading through the play and this kind of stuff. And like the the chutzpah yeah. on Spacey in this is just uh, horrifying to me. Wow, mm. yeah. Harry's a great. You should if you are a producer, you should hire Harry Dreyfus. Harry wow. Dreyfus at Gmail. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Did he tell your father at the time? No, my dad didn't find out about it for about five years, actually. But he did wow. tell him not this. This most recent thing wasn't the first time that your father had heard of it. No, my I actually found out that to continue me being the worst brother in the world, <laughs> good of where I like victim blamed Harry originally and did all of that. I also told him not to tell my dad to not screw up the play. Yeah, and then spent years saying actually like don't say anything because Kevin's I don't want Kevin's Kevin's career to compete with dad's and then the to be quite honest actually this is the most humiliating thing in the entire world but the way that I found out that my dad learned about this was in 2000 sometime a few years later when I said to my dad I want I, I want to get Harry a job on um uh house of cards <laughs> and I was like dad I, I was basically basically going to ask dad for Kevin's number yeah. To do that. And he said, do you know what, what Kevin did to your brother? Oh. So so he had told him. Yeah, by then. And I was like, I didn't know that you knew that. And I was like, I thought that we were trying to, I didn't know that you knew that. And I was like, I, I actually do know that. I've, I've known this. Yeah. And he. I actually tried to seduce him, but whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> then my dad was. My, so, my, my yeah. dad was incredibly angry and was like, I'll kill Kevin Spacey if I see ever see him and all of wow. these things. And, but I had been like, all right, so I guess I won't get Can you do an impression of your that. father? No. You can't. My, I, just, I, I am I, my father. I, I, yeah. My voice works to pass off. When I call the service, they, they yeah. think I'm him. <laughs> you just don't strike <laughs> me as. Service? As, what is it, 1975? It is, it is so not nearly as serious. It is. It is interesting to find yourself involved in a in a situation like that. And the truth is, I, I, 
I suspect all of us probably have some some kind of story like that. I certainly no, have some. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we no, don't. no. Well, no. what I mean is. I did is, not lick Kevin Spacey's face. No, that's face. not what yeah. I mean. What I, I mean, mean is, neither did Harry. Yeah. What I mean. <laughs> what I mean. What am I, is, Ben Dreyfus? I'm not licking <laughs> actors' faces. What I mean is that there are circumstances. I once in tried which, to kiss Rue McClanahan. It's true. true that we've all been felt up by a, by you know, like by like to, gay actors and directors. That's not what I, I was I getting. Totally at. tried to hit on a bangle. <laughs> I, I just want. I, I got I, so close. <laughs> Susanna Hobbs. No, so out of control. <laughs> Vicky Peterson. Oh, the, I should, the I should probably not. Player. I should probably not introduce this serious thing that I was about to say. I just oh, want God. to point out Please, that the most uh, coastal elite thing that you could possibly hear on the fifth column uh, podcast <laughs> radio show is we've all been hit on That's by gay directors and casting agents. <laughs> Most people off, actually have not. It was, it's actually in the fifth column bingo game. We've all, we've all been felt up oh, felt by up. gay yeah. directors. Yeah. I was not going to say that. I was going to say that at some point, you know, we all come into many people come into a situation where someone they care about or they themselves are involved in a situation where there's like sexual misconduct to use a very broad, bizarre phrase. Um, and what you actually do about that. And I, I will just go further and say, call it like sexual assault. Like someone does something bad that is criminal. Um, whereas someone has told them no, and they did it anyways. Um, and the way that you navigate that situation can be incredibly complicated. What and you, I am yeah. enormously I yeah. sympathetic to that complexity because I have dealt with it personally. Um, and I'm, I'm not in a, in a me too way as in it's happened to me as in I care about someone to whom this has happened and what you do about it is enormously complicated and it's hard. It is hard to navigate that. And it's even hard to navigate it when you suspect that everyone will believe you when you suspect that there is some evidence there. It is embarrassing. It is incredibly revealing. And I do think it's appropriate for there to be some sort of shifting where we at least publicly generally acknowledge that. What I think is really bad is the the sort of general seismic shift that we're seeing happen where allegations are enough to torpedo anyone, where there is a, a standard narrative, a standard right. rejoinder or argument that's just offered that says definitively that no one ever makes this shit up. No one ever lies about these things. That's not true. We have no idea how often people lie about these things. It is not, a, there is, whatever statistic you've seen about that is a fake stat because it can't be a thing that is knowable. And even, and it's also, Wait, that even the state, well, it is true. Like, how do you know, like, you people, can't know. You I mean, can't I really agree. Know. I agree 100% that people lie about it. Of course people lie I'm just saying you can't know. But there are stats and why can't they know? I'm, I'm saying because those, those, those stats in the same way that many social science stats are, somewhat subjective are sure. massaged. All there are surveys. presumptions They're that all are made surveys and too. surveys and in some cases yeah. it's not even surveys it's abstractions right. based it, on any number of like other things. And I'm saying that some, yeah. that's that some yes this is social science and there are many things in social science definitive claims that are made about important matters oh, totally. where the fact that is offered where yeah. they say look we've proven it we know for a fact that this never happens but I don't think that's social scientists say that. They don't actually you see a lot. 97% of claims 
claims of uh, sexual assault to be true. Yeah, I, I just don't. Think and that's just it. I it's mean, not social no, science. That is not what that sounds. No, no. Let me let me finish. Let me finish quickly. Let me finish quickly. No one says social science are true. Social science. Well, no, actually, people people do say it on Twitter. People on Twitter do. This is the point that I'm making. That's social science. The interpretations of social science are actually delivered to us not by social scientists themselves. People do not read the studies from which these data points are offered. They only read headlines. Most serious, thoughtful people that I know are really, really busy. They're smart, but they're busy. They read a headline in a source that they care about. That is all they need. And that becomes it it becomes a law of the universe. And I think that that's accepting that then as a world. Yeah. Like that is a, an act of human behavior that is is 100 percent true. Uh-huh. That, like there's no way of changing that. So then what is the argument for the headlines to be to like make to, how do we fix this problem? To not have that in the stories themselves, because, I mean, it's it, you can't always prove that somebody people can get away with things when they're lying. And you can't always, you know, get a, a good sense of what percentage of people lie about certain claims. I know people who have had false claims. Uh, of course. Uh, you know, I, I mean, everybody does. Everyone, knows, everyone does. And that is actually telling in some some sense. We see this actually after Trump is elected and the number of number of fake hate crimes. And I do also know a lot of people that were sexually abused. Absolutely. And so but I just think you leave those numbers out and say, well, you know, let's just play the numbers game here and assume it's true is, I think, bad journalism. Just as a a, a sort of front line. I think it's a more interesting question is that, like, assuming people don't read the story. Uh huh. Then, like, what do we do from a what do we do from a you know open that one open that one from, then, please. Of, oh my of a god headline yeah. Yeah. I mean it's brown yeah. the other one looks you know, I think I yeah. think what, what, I, what we, next thing you know he's gonna be like Don Johnson <laughs> no, groped like, me like, <laughs> <laughs> well now that you've mentioned it what <laughs> well, Melanie but the thing is that like I think what we you know do, they say about Don Johnson that, like there's been a lot of there's been a lot Monster. of like discussion about of, of you know discussions about how headlines are worse when they bury the lead. And that they like, you know, they're it's the famous Huffington Post headline that says like one good thing. Yeah. But to find it out, you find out there. Yeah. What is the way to deal with this as a I think this is I think what we do, what what we do here. Before you answer, let's ask a follow up here because he's Johnny social media. You're going to ask a follow up before I answer his yep, question? You bet. Okay. Um, <laughs> true. I do right. I do. I, I, no, because this it, is this, it's a fair. It's a fair point. This right. is what you do more than the rest of us. Do. It's true. Okay. What is that? So Go like, for it. What what has governed your I mean the way to deal over like the last five years the so bullet like, has been opened as, as a as a the social one of media the maven who've like made their careers off of this off of social media is that it's definitely true that that Facebook has incentivized a certain type of headline for sure and that like there's a misconception in it I think in that like headlines they think of in Facebook that they, they need to be you know. Uh, Ridiculous. They need to be ridiculous. But the real thing is that head, that Facebook helps posts work when you click on them. So there's a curiosity gap that you have to put in them. So people have to click on them. So it gives them a, a, a thing that they guess on. Like, so it means you, you, like the, the classic, what's the upworthy type of thing? You'll never believe what yeah. Michael Moynihan said right. about the Holocaust. Those headlines yeah. will yeah. actually and do And you'll bad. absolutely believe it. <laughs> right. Those headlines will actually do bad because people <laughs> catch on to it. Yeah. yeah. They have to be Which is why Upworthy's kind of disappeared. Like right, which is why like the headline that actually does well on Facebook is California just did something that liberals have been waiting for for forever. Yeah. The thing you're burying is what they did. Yeah. 
but but what is that collectivize the farms <laughs> right something like i don't know I mean, it's, it's, collectivize the lettuce farms have yeah. a beach yeah. like yeah. but what you're ending up with is something that sounds sort of it, it doesn't seem so clearly that you're tricked because it seems so blah blah blah, blah but it, it does bury the lead yeah. and you end up with it and so like there's that so there's the headline reform that obviously needs to happen in the world but the question then is this it's crazy like a bill uh-huh. introduced but the, headline reform but the thing is is about like <laughs> what are we going to do with the fact that like if people don't read stories which they don't yeah you know and even if you click through to a story if you look at any uh, um chartbeat says that like 80 percent of people don't ever scroll so yeah. like now chartbeat by the way for those who don't know is, is a piece of software that that tracks how many people are on a story? You know how how deeply they've read into a story. It's right. It's real time traffic. Real time traffic. Total yeah. something crack. like crack. It's crack. Like, it's crack. Something like eighty percent never scroll down. It's amazing. So it's it's literally they're seeing the headline, the deck, and the first few words of the lead. Yeah. So yeah. if there's a qualification in the concluding paragraphs, they don't get it. Oh, no. there's no chance they read that. Yeah. Yeah. No chance. Yeah. So what? So what do we do about that? Nothing. Um. Listen. I think, <laughs> I think. Absolutely nothing. We, I think what we do about it is. Very little as a as a practical fact, right? Th- this is human nature. This is the way people are. Right. It will always be this way. We responsible, thoughtful adults should embrace that reality and live as if that fact is true. Which suggests to me a couple of things. One, I mean, it's the reason. It's part of the reason why this podcast was conceived. The first reason is to get free alcohol from people yeah, to have a we, wonderful you, time. We didn't know that, but together. But the second, but the second reason I think is like the media criticism that we engage in here, which is fundamentally different from the project Veritas sort of cynicism that there is a vast left-wing conspiracy or a vast right-wing conspiracy for that matter. There is human nature. Right. It's kind of screwed up. It, journalists are human. The people who read and consume journalism are human. Politicians are fucking humans. The, given all of those factors, perhaps there are things that we Can, should do uh, and think I about. Totally well, think let me, let me say, let me say this. Let me say this one thing. That, that what uh, the problem with the conservative media critique is that there's there's actually something very conservatives wouldn't like this, but there's something very liberal about their their media critique hmm. in the sense that they bo- they believe organizations like the Washington Post and the New York Times to be public works projects. Hmm, so when right. they do things that are sort of biased or they come from a liberal slant in their reporting, they're up in arms. These are public works. These are things that, that should report straight. And by the way, Fox News is going to do something about Pizzagate or whatever they might be going on about what, what, Uranium One. These silly <laughs> things they go in and, and Sean Hannity's Just running for uranium two, it's better than it was. It's Leonard Part Six. It's better than the first five, <laughs> but but still shitty. Uh, but if, you know, at the end of the day, this like I can't. You know, Sean Hannity's running the tables, and he's doing very but like, very well. But like Sean Hannity isn't 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 being genuine in any of this. Like, no, he no, doesn't. no. He's not, and, 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 and he who even, he even says who that. Well, that? I'm not a journalist. I don't know that that but, makes it better. No, it doesn't no, make no, it better. No, but like, but I, I listeners, like, and, and like, I'll ask you guys this. I'm the only liberal here, right? Well, so like the answer. I'm a classical liberal, but like, <laughs> I'm half a liberal, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, 
Right. I'm, 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 I'm essentially a liberal who hates liberals. Skinny jeans. But like, I'm just a skinny boy. I'll just say I'm no Roy Moore. I don't think that I don't think that gay behavior should be illegal. No, of course not. So so you it should be the biggest fuck I've ever met. Is illegal and banned the same thing? I think it should be banned. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I'm here with a bunch of cucks, but not liberals. Hey, let the commie talk. But but I guess my main my main thing is that like. So of course, so we're all cucks here, but yeah. like, I don't think any of, and I don't think any of us know how to actually put headlines. None of us know how to write headlines that change anyone's minds because they don't change, right? No. Like none of those headlines change. None, I none don't. Of matter. I, re- change I reject. You are. You fucking yes. work at fucking reason. Thank you. <laughs> oh my you God, have sure never do. changed <laughs> one mind in your fucking life. That's untrue. not true. He's changed my mind. Absolutely untrue. He's changed yeah. my mind too. I'm no longer a libertarian. Yeah. yeah. Very successful. It's kind of an anti uh, uh, yeah. campaign. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I'm. I'm. Rick von Mises, uh, Ludwig's <laughs> liberal brother, who's you know in the Austrian Alps. Ricky, Ricky Joe. No, actually, I mean that's a that is a, a an existential question for reason, and has been from the beginning because it could have been, and there was a time in its uh, period. This Libertarian Party started in 1971. Reason started in 1968. There's a lot of the word libertarian as a self-identifying thing went from being like a, a Dungeons and Dragons club of 12 people. <laughs> to a, a Dungeons and Dragons club of, of 14 tw- people. <laughs> yeah, 24. Um, but, uh, it's a dangerous, insidious uh, they started, libertarian to neo-Nazi pi- pipeline. Yeah, we're talking about that. Being driven, by, being driven by the people who were managed to get 1% in the right, uh, presidential yeah. race. But, that is an idiotic theory. Anyone who believes that stupid Nimrod. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. We now. can argue about that later. But um, but there was a from the be- uh, the beginning of the LP uh, at the time uh, that reason was was uh, started. They they had started like a page, and then it became a newsletter of like you know discussing the controversies within the Libertarian Party and also kind of Libertarian uh, movement stuff. And then they had to make a choice, like we're general interest magazine or right. we're just going to be talking about the people who dye their faces blue. And they made the uh, the conscious decision to be the latter. So it's going to be in internal uh, jargon uh, uh, conception and an outreach magazine. We're going to talk I was to Ben. Joking. No, no, no. I'm, I, but, it's, <laughs> but it's actually. I was kidding. No, no. But it, but it's. Uh, I mean, look, we're we're doing our, our webathon right now. I think you guys probably are or should be. It's usually this time of year that you uh, rattle CPMs the ten cups. So much higher. Um, and uh, but it's we constantly think about the concept of persuasion and talking to people who don't agree with us. And yeah. how does that shape what you do uh, while still not losing that audience? I mean, and that's, you are so much better at the way I should have talked about this here. <laughs> like, like I am a hundred percent aware that I'm going to get yelled at tomorrow for the, for the way that I have, I was like, Oh, that he went on here and said, nobody changed their minds. <laughs> I should have gone on and said like, Oh, you could go to mother Jones slash donate.com or something. Well, you just did it. That's just good. Did. It was that's good. That, that, that's that, that, that doesn't even work. No, mother that's Jones compelling. You hyped slash him. donate. Yeah. yeah. You hyped no, Tim Murphy. Got that got was nice. Well, well that's yeah. true. Well, that's you honest. Yeah. You've done, you've done an you admirable, you've done an admirable job. David did a great job. David, David's a lovely, 
I love, Clara, I love, I love the way you. I love the way You're this conversation is going. I, I wonder if I can push us in a slightly different direction. <laughs> what if I could totally like no, I'm not going to derail it. I don't want to derail it. I, I want you to take it's your powers. I want to continue. I want you to continue to use Monica. Them for good. You're a great boss too. <laughs> They're co-bosses. It's weird, right? But there's Monica been CEO. there's been a lot of activity on Donald Trump's Twitter account. Sure, and oh, Donald bet. Trump has been doing a number of things. He he talked about Pocahontas at a Wind Talkers event at the White House. Yeah, I hope none of what I just said is racist. Although one can't never, one can't know. The movie Windtalkers wasn't very were good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it but wasn't it was racist. Maybe it's kind it was of a bad. slur. Um, yeah. but there, but there were anti-Muslim videos that he shared. I'm, yes. I'm right. describing them as anti-Muslim. Wait, did you guys watch those videos? Newspaper video, did you? Newspaper I, 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 I don't mean watch them. those videos. Did you guys? Were you guys awake to watch the, this whole thing happen when it happened? It was the it was the World Series of Stupid that day. It was amazing. Because that started with a guy like doing the shock. Shot glass of poison at the Hague. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I mean, so all right. So I was, I had had too much to drink the night before and had woken Weird. up five hours and more than uh, earlier than I had ever seen. And I was awake and I was going, oh god, what should I watch? And I was watching some bullshit movie on fucking Amazon. And then suddenly I look at Twitter and oh, someone killed himself at the Hague. And I yeah. was like, oh well, this is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just loving it. And by then, the way, war, a convicted war criminal. Yeah. So and yeah. I was like, great. I mean, who, cares? Let, uh, who gives it? Exactly. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's let him burn. Like, of course, we were to kill him anyways. And then, uh, then suddenly Trump starts retweeting all these people who my British Twitter friends were saying, oh fuck, yeah, this yeah. is bad. And I yeah. was like, that seems nice. And I like took it and put it in Slack. And I was like, someone should write about this. Yeah, it seems like he fucked up real good. <laughs> and then, and then suddenly, Matt Lauer, <laughs> all in a row, <laughs> yeah, within Ooh. ninety minutes, yeah, mm. within ninety minutes, and it was like bang. Yeah, in, I, think, I think we're forgetting that Donald Trump also accused uh, Joe Scarborough of some of, light uh, murdering, of murdering, right, which someone. is horseshit. In in turn. Yeah. Yes, yes. This is a it is a garbage it is a garbage charge. Um, Mika Brzezinski in her response to she's this, the real killer. We, we um, actually actually suggested that well one that Joe would not dignify this with a, a response, so she will respond for herself and Joe, and went on to describe this as an assault on the free press. Okay, um, I'm yeah. not sure if that's true. It's well, that's definitely, true. That's definitely some major true. league. That's definitely big not time trolling. I want to no, hear from it's not, it's not, it's about not, Britain it, first. It, well, a couple things here. Okay, I mean, this, go is, for it. this whole thing has driven me a bit mad. Please, more and you're like, um, he did kill her. Enlighten me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did it. Yeah, Chandra Levy killed her. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We had a conversation about Gary Condit before yes. the show started. So some context for you people listening and saying, "What are you talking Gary about?" Gary was guilty. Gary was innocent. Joe did it too. <laughs> so um, this is like the Mena airport uh, reporting from the American Spectator in the 90s. This is so bananas that there's a point. I remember Camille a long time ago uh, saying something, which I understood the argument at the time of saying that Donald Trump is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Just put it back on the table. I love, um, I the, love the, that. The Donald Trump at the time, this is at the beginning of his presidency, um, is uniquely horrible and uniquely boorish. And I'm sorry, he's uniquely boorish, but not uniquely horrible. Mm -hmm. All all uh, presidents are terrible, but he's just more forthcoming about it, more upfront about it. And there, I thought there was, there was probably something to that I argued against at the time, and I'm going to argue more strenuously against it now. Hmm. And the reason being is that there is a point 
at which we kind of sort of collapse all these arguments into one sort of stupid one by saying it's unpresidential. You know, most presidents do things, you know, like bombing Houthis or something, which is, I would suggest is probably unpresidential too. But this is uniquely awful. And this last week, I think that we have gone around the bend and we've actually turned a corner with this presidency. And tweeting has been trolling and he's been a bit funny about it and he's been a bit nasty about it and he's made all of us say, is this, can this possibly be for real? But we're actually seeing real world consequences of this stuff now, particularly in the Britain First stuff, is that there's an important thing to remember about Britain First and about this organization of 17 you know, unionists. Tell us who, tell us who they are. They basically, they are a subset of a subset of a subset of a subset of the British Pamela Gellers. I mean, they don't have any influence. I mean, Nick Griffin, who is the head of the BNP, which is effectively was a neo-Nazi party, but right. they wore a coat and tie after a certain point. And they went from the National Front to the BNP and they got a couple of seats in the European Parliament, which is about as worthless of a parliament as you can possibly imagine, like the Basque Parliament. It doesn't do anything. And you had guys like Nick Griffin and all these other psychopathic anti-Semites and Nazis in there. But even Nick Griffin pretended in some ways to be, you know, a mainstream politician. These are people that go on the street harassing, attacking. I mean, like, this is not a party. I mean, like this the is not SS even SS of the party. Yeah, this is, this is, you know, if the SS without the smart uniforms and with more tattoos of like Wiley Coyote drinking pints, this is not <laughs> something that is a mainstream organization. And then all of a sudden, this woman is. Uh, you know, top of the world. We didn't, uh, our show on HBO did an interview with this woman uh, yesterday uh, and we sent our correspondent Hind Hassan, who is fantastic, by the way. And that interview didn't last very long. She walked out on it and screaming and the rest of it. And these are people that aren't media trained. They have no sense of how to operate in a parliamentary democracy. They are just psychopathic racist, pure and simple. It Beyond the fact that, you know, whether these, uh, um, uh, videos are accurate or they're fraudulent or whatever. I'll say this. If you're going to find three videos of Muslims doing bad things, you can find them, right? And it doesn't mean anything. Not even wait, for 2013. We can find ISIS about, videos wait, or something. Let's talk about this for one second. Why didn't he even just... If Donald Trump, the president of the United States, wanted to brew his race war, like... Yeah. Call the CIA. Exactly. They have yeah. videos They've that are fresh. way sure. worse. Way worse. Yes. They are, Call Mike they Pompeo before he goes over. Fucking <laughs> be terrible. Yeah. They they might be really things that we I, I personally think we shouldn't share on YouTube. But like Trump could call the CIA and find photos of You can go onto ISIS's own YouTube channels. You can go onto to to sort of Muslim Brotherhood affiliated organizations and find their own YouTube channels. Which and which right. finally I mean, we stop promoting this on Sirius. Moynihan has <laughs> well, seriously. Moynihan has done own. this from a variety of cafes in uh, Fort Greene. I cafe. did actually. I totally forgot about that. I wrote a cover story for News Newsweek about this a long time ago where I where I um Back when people read it. No, no one read it then either. <laughs> Uh, it, that's why I was writing for it because nobody was reading it. Um, it was not the days like Chris Dickey was sitting on the sidelines at the time, like real journalists. But yeah, no, I, I wrote it at the time. It's very easy stuff to find. And so essentially, what, the problem with this is you have people, Matthew Danconia, who um, used to write for the Spectator, now writes for the Guardian. 
um, had a piece today about let's cancel the state visit. And Matthew, Matthew is not a, 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 a sort of Corbynista. He's a serious guy. And the fallout of this in the UK has been enormous, especially at a time when Brexit at right at this right. moment is being negotiated. And the free trade agreement with the United States is very important to them. And what is happening? The, the entire government has wants to have nothing to do with this sociopath in the White House because he's making their lives miserable. Hmm. Whether this is about North Korea tweets, whether this is about tweets from this kind of like legitimately racist organization in the UK, th there are enormous consequences to this stuff. It's not just the funny you know, it's not even funny if you're Joe Scarborough being accused of murder by the president of the United right. States. This stuff isn't funny anymore. This stuff has to stop. And, you know, if John Kelly is this argument, which I bought into for a little bit, is that there's some serious people there. The generals are serious. And when I was doing a story that I haven't finished yet and is a film that we're doing now and talking to people in the kind of Breitbart universe of that kind of media, they'd say, oh, the generals. This was the, the, the swear word. The generals have taken over. Bannon is gone. Seb Gorka is gone. All, Mike Flynn is gone. And it's the generals. And the, the implication was for the rest of the universe that these people were serious people. These people are no longer credible and no longer serious, no matter what they do. If it's foreign policy, if it's domestic policy, if they're pushing him away from nutty policies, if someone can't get that goddamn phone out of his hand to creating these international incidents, none of them are serious. And there's a great South Park episode where they made fun of that. What was it? Logic? That guy did the song, uh, the, the anti-suicide song. There's a hilarious episode from a couple of three or four weeks ago. And, and of course, because Matt and Trey are fantastic writers of like kind of musical songs. They have this great song called Put It Down about putting <laughs> your phone down. And in the, 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 the theme in the, in the episode is that people keep on killing children on the road by tweeting, reading Donald Trump's tweets. They're running kids over and murdering them. And that's, that's the danger. The danger is actually bigger than that now. The danger is the fact that we are fracturing this Atlantic relationship, which is actually a serious and real one. And Theresa May is in this very precarious position where she's trying to, especially in this Brexit moment, is the negotiations of this and negotiations of how much money it's going to cost them and et cetera. Right now, she's having to deal with this unforced error from this nutbag in the White House who's doing nothing right and doing everything wrong. And now we see Rex Tillerson, his report today in the New York Times, is on his way out. Everyone sort of expected that. And another shakeup. What are these shakeups going to be? What is it going to be? We're going to meet, move Mike Pompeo over from the CIA to be the, the Secretary of State to do what? When, when Rex Tillerson said, you know, we're going to try to calm this stuff down with North Korea, Trump okay, takes to Twitter and says, don't listen to him. Right. But this is not a government. Obviously, none of that has anything to do with really why that change would happen. It's all a personal change. He's only doing it because he thinks that Tillerson doesn't feel like he's giving him the things. And like, why, why would Cotton take CIA? Well, the, 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 the thing but about Cotton but, is more famous than than fucking Pompeo. Well, Cotton's more famous and it also creates Pompeo? a problem for Republicans who have 52 answer, seats in the Senate and, and we're Democrats have 48. And Arkansas you're going to stay Republican. You're going to stay Republican, but you're 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 needlessly Cotton putting something in a 2020 eat, election get, to 2018. You're, you're, can I, you're, can I defend you're totally myself? Right that, that yes. Cotton will be uh, confirmed easier. 
He yeah. will be, but yeah. but 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 you, Kimi, like I, I attacked. I attacked Kimi. Did, did, yeah. did that whole yeah. tirade uh, was actually an attack on me? It was no, it built, wasn't. No, it was built <laughs> on an attack on me, which is really sad. <laughs> the bones of it um, were yes. an attack on you, but yes, it wasn't bones. an attack we on you. We all moved on. But yeah, the scaffolding. Uh, listen, yeah. I don't move. Kimi is very sensitive. I hold grudges in the corner. Of course, stuff happening in your life. There's so many things happening. There are. Um, the you did not quote me directly. No. Um, but what I've what I've said on myriad occasions um, in various contexts um, and specifically in response to the belief that um, Donald Trump is the antichrist and he is world ender and this is the end of democracy and the beginning of tyrannical dictatorship um, that Trump, Donald Trump Go on. that Donald Trump is not you, Donald Trump is uniquely deplorable, but he is not uniquely dangerous, which is not to say that he isn't more dangerous than other people. It is it suggests that all presidents, that the office of the presidency carries with it substantial dangers that people do not understand. Agreed. And that many of, of the ways sure. in which Donald Agreed. Trump is super dangerous are because of the infrastructure right. that has been I mean, left I, I for mean, us this is by a previous administrations. Podcast. Of course, you guys This is not that. a libertarian <laughs> podcast. This is a podcast that over-indexes for libertarians. We do media <laughs> criticism here. Um, so that is that is the argument that I have offered. I do not like Donald Trump. I think it is a really bad idea to put Donald Trump in office. I also think that it is Are a bad idea. Are you going to vote for him in 2020? No, I, I, I didn't vote for him this He's past year. run um, are, you, are you? But like, are you going to vote for him when it's when it's when it's I will never Trump vote for versus, Donald Trump. Let's say it's Trump versus it Kamala Harris. I will never vote. California for him. is the one thing you have to decide. Never vote for Donald Trump. Ever so vote under for any Harris. I'm, I wouldn't vote for her either. I don't have to vote for either. No, no, no. no. Let's say it's. Let's say it's. You're, you're going to give me a choice. Have you ever seen the movie swing, swing Vote with Kevin Costner? No, but I saw Kevin, Saw. I saw it was <laughs> Kevin Spacey <laughs> in that. It's no, but Kevin Costner. Ben licks Kevin Costner's yeah. face. Kevin yeah. Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner made a movie called Swing Vote no. where it came down to one vote. Yeah. I, I saw the trailer so for that. Realistic. I didn't see. All it. right, so so what is it? What do you, what do you do? Yeah, I, I, do I, I, I just office? gave you. It's it, it's Donald Trump. I cast the versus... vote for myself, and I I give everyone the middle well, finger. Well, well, well. What happens now? We're all gonna, we're we're all gonna have a civil war. Maybe. <laughs> in, in that in that universe that you set up for me, but so but the reason, but but I'm laying this out. I'm laying this out. This is I was laying small. this out in in a, in a defense in a, in a defense of myself. And the reason I provide that context, Moynihan, is not again not because I disagree with the substance of what you're saying. There are plenty of ways. But I mean, in as which he just Donald said, Trump it doesn't matter because no, it's he not, won't it's vote against them. It, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's that there are substantial dangers inherent in the status quo. There is this new film, The Post, which is being promoted, which it's interestingly, this is one of those films that I believe the cast was established in like March of this year. We're seeing the trailers for it now. Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks telling the story of the Pentagon Papers in the trail. This is is one of those films where it's like a movie for our times, for the times we find ourselves in, where journalists have to speak truth to power. this film is making the rounds and a lot of people are thinking Donald Trump and they're thinking Nixon Trump. 
and they're not thinking about the fact that the lies were maintained over the course of several consecutive administrations, that multiple administrations, some respected, revered, wonderful presidents are also deplorable for for similar reasons, that good presidents who are deemed as nice guys much who are respectable are doing Trump. bad things. Sorry but in either case, I'm, what I'm looking for is... I don't know what that listen, movie has to well, do with Trump. If everyone ben, ben, listens I, I, to me, you'll get it. Uh, no, I'm I'll, saying, I'll no, don't, don't, don't interpret. Damn it. Thank you. Constraint is important. So and I think voters should focus <laughs> on the important reality that our entire system has inherent dangers. And because Agree, they don't read much more than the headlines, they expect super smart people to have superpowers, to be super virtuous, and that it's fine to entrust this new guy with the power to, say, murk anyone, any place on the planet at any point on his own whim. It's never fine. It's never okay. It doesn't matter if you'd like to have a beer with that guy or if it's a guy who routinely says the word pussy in context that make a lot of people uncomfortable. That is the point that I've made. But no, wait, I agree wait, wait, that things are pretty fucked up wait, right no, now. Wait, All wait, of I'm, that I, said, that is 100% I, true. I want us to fix the things that are but wrong because it can get worse than Trump. I'm telling you what that you it can get that worse that than Trump. People, I'm, I'm, my name is Ginny. I work, I'm from Dallas. Yeah, yeah. And I'm interested in it's helping my country. Yeah, yeah. And what I want to know is that, like, look, I would just like to help my country. I didn't like that Bush brought us into that war. I don't like that Obama. Obama gave us into that debt. I actually don't. I don't like the access Hollywood tape that I heard. I don't like Trump. Yeah. But the fact is that I do think the Democrats are too much to talk about spending things. And I think that I'm from Texas and I I I would this is I would like to do something good with my one vote that I have. Yeah. And what the fuck should I do? And your name is Jenny? My name Ginny. is Ginny. 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 Well, look, Ginny. look here, Ginny, baby. Look here, Ginny, baby. <laughs> what's up, baby? <laughs> Come on, yeah, what's move, up? Move what should I do? No, no, look. Here's here's a serious answer to that question. Because you're saying I shouldn't... You're saying Trump's bad, and I agree. Yeah, he is. And in 2020, I'm going to have to go to the thing and have make a vote. Should yeah. I vote for a fucking... The, whoever the Democrat... Dim, D-I-M, <laughs> Dimmo Rat is? Yeah. Who the fuck should I vote? Yeah. What should I do? Uh, here's, here's my serious answer. I think you should vote for the person who shares your values. Camille and in sharing your values... My, for me, my values, it. my values are genuinely limited, constrained government that doesn't trust anybody. And that might mean that it isn't the Democrat and it isn't the Republican. And since your single vote will never be the the Kevin Costner swing vote, your single vote will always be your vote that matters to you. Cast it for a candidate who actually has values that are consistent with that. But what does that, that mean, values? It, it might mean, what does that mean, values? It might mean voting for mean, like, the weirdo libertarian, but what and does it, it might mean, mean... But, like, what if it is, I literally just, I'm a nice person, and yeah. I think that Trump fucked the razor rapist, but also I think that I am pro-life. Yeah. I don't want to, I'm pro-life, but also Trump kill. Trump is a rapist. Yeah. What do I do? My, my own me. politics. By the way, my own me. politics tell suggests me. that you should, Jenny, Trump, really that you should vote for a libertarian. She's also that's, an those are, my, those are my own politics, and it's and it's easy to I get that. It's hard for, for I just think it's hard for these people. It sounds like constitutional. Yeah, I, just, I just think that, like in this situation, that like it's really hard for most of America in these in these. No ways. doubt about it. But, well, I, like, but that's why I said that the panic, the panic is only so useful. I, I definitely think we should be voting for responsible candidates. Totally. I'm just saying that there are, are systemic 
problems that they are fundamental. Oh, and this is why anybody should, should at this point move to Europe where you have, you know, 16 farmers parties that represent your very, <laughs> very, your very narrow going, interests. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, to, I don't to, know to, you to know one, this, to one thing is actually just to... Mitterrand's to, wife loved his fiance. At the funeral. At the funeral. To be fair. And she's being polite. It's a very, it's a very smart point. But um, to joking. bring this back to something, to something else is actually, um, when we were talking about the media, we are talking about how people think that, you know, oh God, these liberal journalists. The and we still have Post. to talk about the Victoria's I'm Secret I'm the only liberal journalist here. The we, we, well, the, 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 you know, the New York Times and the Washington Post, they're trying to unseat the president, they're trying to destroy the president. Right. Um, I, you know, just one point on that, to what you were just saying about the continuity of some of these bad policies, mm -hmm. is I think that journalists should be always trying to unseat the president. Yes. Always. Never going to the Christmas never party. Never going to the Christmas party, so, number one. Never, no national correspondence. Okay, sure. But I'll, but I'll tell you this, is that if the president is doing what the president should be doing, then you don't have much fodder to be out trying to unseat the president unless you're engaging in, in so-called fake news. Well, you should always be looking for but reasons. But you should always, I mean, every journalist, when, when, in, when Let's conser play the conservatives get upset about this. <laughs> Let's play Hold on one second. One second, one second, one second. Ginny. As, as uh, Ginny, Stand relax. Out, Ginny. <laughs> Ginny, Ginny, put the cup down. Put the cup, put the fire water down. Um, but, you know, as, You're going to hell. As... Conservatives say that or James, um, what, what's his, what's, what's the uh, acronym? O James. Un, o unfuckable. Uh, <laughs> yeah. J James O.F. O'Keefe or U.F. O'Keefe um, says that these people are trying to unseat the president mm -hmm. and do these horrible things. That is their job. That is what they should be doing. Don't give why, them Why things. are journalists trying to unseat the president? No, but the, the thing is, the, the journalists should be looking no, at the president. Of course they should. Uh -huh. They should be looking at the of president and trying, and trying to find of course they should the look worst the things they're doing and yes. then reporting on But them. they shouldn't wake up every day and go, I'm going to take down the president. Well, I mean, if that's if that's they're what, not. They I don't, don't do I don't that. Care. They don't do that. They, 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 they might not. But if they do, I don't. Of course, don't, they don't well, do that. But it's it's not it, it's neither here nor there. If they if Except they do it's that, a key point no, in it's, what he's talking geez, about. Good God, <laughs> Can, am I going to O'Reilly the shit and say cut the mic? <laughs> no. If 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 they do that or if they don't do that is immaterial. What you matters? What, 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 fucking shut up! <laughs> give him Listen to me. <laughs> if you do that or do not do that, I do not care. Provided what you are doing is journalism that is honest and exposing these scumbags, whether they be Democrats or Republicans, yes. and holding them to a standard that they should be held to. You know, when it gets problematic is when you are doing this for Richard Nixon, when you're doing this for Donald Trump, when you're doing Do this you for George W. Bush, that they and, then you hold on, and then you take a nap at certain times. That's the only thing I have a problem with. I am happy they are going full bore at Republican presidents, if they it. are doing it for every president, that's fine. I mean, what, what, I, I, I'll be honest, like, like, look, I like you a lot. I am mm. very attractive. Oh, there's but a lot of love in the room. the fact is, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I literally, like, like, no, I, you're no, no, the no, only no. one who doesn't understand. No, like, like the fact that, like, you're, you're going to talk about, like, the, the, there's some conspiracy that everything's there's going no on. There's no conspiracy. No, 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 Seems like there's a lot. No, no, no. Let him, let him finish. Let him finish. But what I what I am saying is is that this is his yes, first time. A hundred percent on that. Drinking? I agree yes. that like it would be ridiculous to, yeah. to Nixon for that. I agree with you a hundred percent. If there are people working against it, that they would try and cover stories and make it so that they were going to take him down. That would be insane.
what happened is is that he actually did something quite bad that had him taken down. Which is very good if you're trying to take somebody down. Right. If you're trying to and take somebody down, there's so nothing that, there. You don't get anything. But what very people simple. are doing and what, what, like, Bob Woodward is the worst person on earth. Like, I think Bob Woodward should be shot in the head. I've always wow. thought that. I don't think you mean that. Bob Woodward wrote a book called Wired. Oh, which yeah. That garbage. Called garbage. My Mom. We're- Oh, uh, that, that attacked my mother. And oh. I actually do wish that Bob Woodward were not shot dead because I don't believe in 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 state murder of shit. What about private? I do personally believe that Bob Woodward is, is, is a monster and that like he's a he, bad journalist. He's a liar. Too. Yeah. That, like yeah. everyone yeah. like his stories are liars. He like, wrote. And by the way, just a quick interjection, just Bob to Woodward buttress, lies. To, butter, to buttress Ben's man. point, is that Bob Woodward wrote, wrote a book in nineteen, I think eighty five or eighty six, called Veil, which was about Bill Secret Casey. Wars, the CIA. Yeah, about the CIA, and he claimed to have been at Casey's deathbed, in which the Casey family said nobody was in here, especially right. not Bob Woodward. Bob Woodward so is he's a kind of. A, he Bob also Woodward, shushed me one time. Bob Woodward. Swear to God, he shushed me. Bob Woodward is, is a liar. Can you like, give us a thirty second like uh, version of? the main thing he got wrong about your mom and Wired? Because I, I I hate Wired. I think it's a terrible All book. All right, so Bob it's Woodward like, spent two years attacking my mom and, and coming to her for months and trying to... My mom was with... My mom was, like, dating John's... Whatever his name is. Uh, Jim? Uh, uh, John, John Stamos. No, John Belushi. John Belushi, yeah. <laughs> John Belushi. My mom was dating John Belushi for a lot of... Like, right when he died. Wow. And then right. he, he, like was showing up and like at she had married my dad by then and was she he was showing up and like trying to attack her and like get all these getting her to talk about it and it took about a year and then finally eventually my dad called the head of cbs and like had had the thing stop but he had spent two years like attacking my mom and going to their house to like do all of this bullshit what was the main claim Against your mom. Anyways, my mom has a video that, like, has never been released that is the night he died. And none of that has ever been released. So my mom will never release it. But, like, what happened was, was that, uh, anyways, regardless, my mom refused to say any of this into this story. Did he claim that he saw the video? No, no. But what happened in the story is that he then turned in this movie called Wired. He said, in this book Book, called Wired, was he called my mom a hard-faced woman who ended up marrying a drug addict named Richard Dreyfus and shit? And, like, it turned into a big blah, 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 blah. Whatever. He's a brick. And no one will ever see that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the, bu- the book, by the way, was the, the probably worst performance of his career and was slated by everybody who read it. Uh, so that's that's the one positive thing if he's if he's attacking your mom in it. But Woodward also the the journalism of um, all the you know of of the all the president's men and all of the stuff about Nixon has all been called into question after the fact. And that's to the point that I was making before of that when we have a a kind of hive mind, which in some ways is very, very, very dangerous. And, you know, you see this in, I think, John Ronson's book, in which I make uh, an appearance in the first couple chapters, is very good at of, of publicly shaming people. But the one thing it is, is, you know, pretty decent and consistent at is you can't get away with that stuff anymore. I don't think that Bob Woodward's um, journalism on 
you know, Watergate would have been as deified and he would have been this incredible figure. His whole books. I mean, he he recreates recreates conversations in which he wasn't there, quotes it verbatim page after page. He recreates people's thoughts uh, and then just has sort of a note on sources at the beginning. And in the case of, of Wired, not to give special treatment. Uh, to Ben and I had actually no idea that there was any connection there at all. Um, but like just knowing a, a, a small amount about pop culture and Saturday Night Live in the 70s and 80s. But he knows a, nothing about it. As a teenager yeah. reading this book going, wow. He How has out of no touch idea. old man is this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No idea what he's talking about. And he is like shocked by things that are I mean, not shocking. I mean, Bob Woodward is, is a piece of shit. Like that's that, that that's the main takeaway here. Yeah, but I, I think that's we can all agree on that. But I mean, the own his own Ben Bradley said that he lied about he he lied about fucking what's his name? Deep throat, Mark Felt. Yeah, he yeah. he said that he's like I think he made it up, and yeah. of course he did. Of yeah. course he did. And, and by the way, the, the the most interesting thing about Mark Felt being exposed as deep throat, which was the which Liam a lot Neeson of people movie think wasn't was, good. I can't fucking believe it. I'm deep throat, you bastard. Liam Neeson. <laughs> but I get the, the thing about <laughs> this we're is, back is that, into this. Yeah, we're back into fucking talking about Bob Woodward. Michael Collins <laughs> says that everybody. <laughs> Again, not the actor in the family. It's fine. Uh, the, <laughs> he never got to play my. He, he tried to do Michael Collins. He didn't, didn't get it. It was it was his brother got. Um, Harry. Harry. The good Harry. One. Oh Harry got fucked by Michael Collins. Yeah, as well. but I'll tell you what. <laughs> Harry was a little. Michael a Collins little, was always begging to fuck Harry. <laughs> and I flew out to <laughs> Ireland, and I was yeah. like, I'm going to talk to Harry. Yeah, yeah. We we have to reel this in. Yeah, no, we, we don't. might be we might be too drunk to drive. You're you're, you're a little zoftig, Harry. <laughs> I oh love you. I absolutely love you. All right, yeah. I don't know. I don't but know. I, let me let me let me finish this one point here on on. And I, I, I can give a I can give a break so you can cut this. Okay. <laughs> so the thing the thing about, about this is that you know on the deep threat thing is that this idea that's a composite character is made up of a number of things. The the most interesting thing is that he never knocked down this notion when he reveals that it's Mark Felt is that Mark Felt was not a man of principle. He was a man that was annoyed that he did not get the FBI directorship after Hoover died. He sure. was not doing what this. What does that have to do with it? No, but but, but but the thing is, is that is that it's as a journalist, if you're portraying this this crusading citizen right. coming through, I'm so appalled by the Nixon administration that I must do something about it. It's actually it was a power move. I mean, again, it did it expose? I mean, sure. again, to get back into the, you have worked in a newsroom. Mm-hmm. No one who leaks ever doesn't have an agenda. Right, but Woodward did not portray it. Didn't right. give Woodward any Woodward sense of it. No, it would have been no. it would have been no, nice if he, if he said no, that there was there was somebody that was that. mad at the yeah. administration. No, and, <laughs> yeah, if he if he portrayed it as if there was there was a a, a rotten apple in the administration. But like was if angry I about it. if you were writing a story for the Idaho Dubuque or whatever the fuck you call them, I, that's, those are two places in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Dubuque is I mean, in Dubuque's Iowa. Iowa, but, but that would Dubuque. be a, that'd be a good name for. If I was like, look, I showed up and I got some bullshit, and like you know, the mayor he fucked my wife. I got this video, and mayor. Fuck my wife, my wife, Jenny. And then you were like, "Well, I'm gonna need you to confirm it." And I was like, "Well," and then my wife was just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I fucked my yeah. wife." Ben, ben, you do realize that uh, as of when is this gonna drop on? Uh, you don't have a job on Sunday. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But, but you because know, because your dad's Richard Dreyfuss, <laughs> and you know what else? And, and I'll have That's a daughter. Fine. And I'll my have dad, a daughter. My, my dad. My dad. My dad. Yeah. You haven't answered the question. <laughs> my dad's dead, uh, and uh, he wasn't Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, but anyway. 
anyway, uh, back to the point. Let's get. We, should we get to? We should, yeah, we got. I, I we have a thing. We, I have a good segue here. You, I have a great segue. You have a segue. Okay, go. Yeah, because you know we're getting kind of late here. Do it. Uh, a segue like to, to our final segment that we yeah. sometimes are remiss and forget to do because we're having such a good time. Is this some idiot wrote this? Uh, this is indeed. Okay, go ahead. All go right, ahead. Ready? Yeah. Here, gonna re- we're gonna reset here. <laughs> Take five. Fight me. Yeah, to, yeah. It has true. to be cut. Yeah. To save you. Ben drives to Twitter.com. Yeah. Okay. Give me a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Just like get uh, Venmo. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. Here, okay. here we go. I'm going to read. Ready? Go. Five, four. That was a joke. I know. Can't even get two seconds. <laughs> bad. Can't even get two so seconds. Bad, bad. This is the worst show we've ever done. It, it this is the fucking is Ishtar. Was your dad an Ishtar? <laughs> Probably was an Ishtar. Vice literally. Oh my Vice, God. Vice has been fucking. What was the worst movie your dad was in? <laughs> Ishtar? No, seriously. Is he an Ishtar? We, we are too, we are too high worst? to fly here. I actually don't know what the movie is. Always anyway. was the worst <laughs> movie your dad was in. <laughs> Wow. Out of wow, voice of God. Wow. Always of God. was, always was her last movie. Who? Who's last movie? Audrey Hepburn. Uh, well, I haven't seen it because it was so terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, that would well, I, I guess I guess it's true. It's only made it only made like a hundred million. Ooh, yeah. and, wow. and, and no bad movies ever made wow. a lot of money. Um, okay, uh, well, I've never I've never seen anyone so recorded? casually is pull it, it out and just put it on the table. <laughs> we stopped recording. Anyways, so, look, Andrew, I have a I have look, a, look. So I was going to do uh, somebody that wrote this, but I couldn't do it. Actually, um, you're he- what you're hearing right now is an edited version. We don't always give you the unexpurgated version of this. This is like the, the the decline and fall of the Roman Empire in one volume because it's 12 really tedious volumes. So what we're going to do is we're going to cut out my somebody that wrote this and just say, look at the New York Times today, because the reason we couldn't get to it is because we have a guest today who I really love and he's fantastic. But... Um, he uh he's very he, drunk. He's got he got a little booze in him. Yeah. He's he so got a little drunk. booze in him. I mean, this is horseshit. <laughs> this is anti-Semitism. This is anti-Semitism, yeah. to be quite honest with you. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean, I mean the truth is this: is that actually we're gonna end on this. I have one eye. <laughs> and we are out. We know of new methods of attack. Yeah. Tonight we've got a great episode with a one-eyed Jew. We don't like him not because he's Jewish, but he's got a fucking one-eyed. I really do. I really do have to cut like all of that stuff.